Alrighty, this is Calvin and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You've accessed the Do You Know show and we're, you, we're, <laughs> we're bringing you bits of knowledge and information you might not have heard from people you might not know. One thing I must let you know though is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. So, I uh, want to welcome you guys to the show. Uh, we got a little background music going on here, a little Oscar Peterson trio. Um, and even though this is not a jazz show, I just uh, thought I'd play a little something-something before I got started. Um, my caller is... Is, is here. My interviewee is here, and his name is Willie Brown III. Willie, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, my brother. Once again, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, man. Oh, <laughs> pleasure is all mine. Listen, um, I want to ask you, uh, as a matter of fact, I want you to give me the time that this happened, but I want everybody to know that you started out um, as a businessman uh, straight off the cuff. I mean, it wasn't something that you went to school for or anything like that, but it just happened for you in a great way. And uh, I, you know, have some idea of where you come from and where you are now, but I'm going to allow you to let the audience know uh, what you feel about that. But what I want to ask you is uh, there was a time I remember when you first or first got started in your business and you came to me and asked me a question about what did, how did I feel about being uh, about your being rather licensed and bonded? And I remember you saying, OK, if you if you think that I, I think I should also get licensed and bonded as well. So I'm going to go downtown and take care of that business. You took care of it and got in business. And now, <laughs> now you're doing quite well. Let us know, man. When was that? Because I don't remember the year. But when was that? And, 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 and what happened? And how did you get to where you are right now? Oh, OK, Kevin. OK, listen, I'm going to give you the year. The year was 1996. Okay. That's, that's the year I officially went into business. But let me let me let me really really back up to tell you when it really started, Calvin. Uh, when I was a kid, and and I and I and, I, and I'm thankful for uh, the father that I had because he kept me with a paintbrush or a screwdriver, or something in my hand, and uh, we always had something to do around the building. He told me, listen, I, I used to work at a place called Union Liquors. That's where they made that wild iron rose at, you know. He says, go and get you a trade. So I went to Washburn Trade School back in 1972. The building's no longer there today, but that's where I, get my, that's where I got the, uh, the foundation to really go into what I'm, what I'm doing today. But I got it really from my, my father, always working on, he was always on property. But what happened was, in, uh, I went to the Million Man Market when I came back. 
uh, Minister Farrakhan said, you need to do something in your community. And, and in that process, this is what I was doing, but I was say I was working out of my uh, out of my car. So I really wasn't really doing the work that I should have been doing because I was doing work uh, uh, and I was not doing it what we call in the American way. I was not paying no taxes, so I was considered I really wasn't a business then until I got a, a 36 number where they make you pay taxes and you can consider yourself to be a business, you know. Uh -huh. But I, you know, I have always uh, worked on the, the green land and I saw how those guys from other nationalities, I saw how they were cutting that money up. Mm -hmm. You know, and we were doing, we were rehabbing houses, but we were doing it. And then I talked with you, then I talked to a brother named uh, uh, Jesse Hyundai. He said, go downtown and uh, get you some license, and I can give you all the work you, you want. Okay. But thankful that uh, uh, having the knowledge and understanding to know that uh, when somebody tell you something, uh, you always investigate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, there's a saying, contempt to investigate these men out of everlasting ignorance. So, talking with you and, a, and another, a couple other uh, wise young men like yourself, uh, and once I went downtown and, and did the footwork, I didn't need that person anymore. Okay, okay. Yeah. And it put, on, it put me on the road to doing the things that I'm doing today, which it comes from a lot of sweat and tears, you know what I'm saying? But uh, the, the tears are not there. Like they was from the beginning, but you know, <laughs> sure. it is a you know, because you gotta you gotta put your grind in. It. People gonna tell you, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I couldn't do that. And you know, and for people, for me, when people tell me stuff like that, I just gonna let that energy go another direction. Cause see, can't want and I and I can't have. I don't believe that. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. So, so, so go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's what that's what that's what it kind of they brought me up to. So. When I came back from the Million Man March, I knew I had to do something different mm -hmm. than what I was doing. I wanted to be what you call whole. Okay. And that was part of the process of coming whole was to go get license bonded and, and move into that direction. And, and since that day of, of uh, May 2nd, 1996, uh, uh, which was going on uh, 18 years, you know, I think God has been good, you know, and... Uh, uh, but in that process, when I made money, I put the money where it's supposed to go to make sure that the business learns how to grow. And with the respect and the, the knowledge of uh, a great friend of mine, uh, James Lemon, that owned Lemon's Barbecue, he really was my mentor into really trying to uh, uh, guide me in the house to do business in a different world. Because at one time, and just speaking from uh, my point of living, is that I wasn't really around white people growing up. Left school teacher, you went to uh, the store or whatever. But I moved to a town called Fordham, Kentucky, and the guy lived across the street from me. Uh, his name was Richard. He was a white guy. He run. He ran the public works department. He told me anything I need down there, just let him know. And I started to see how building relationships was about. Uh huh. And, and then uh, I had a gas station, Browns Oil. Uh, Browns Oil City. I had a Chevron uh, gas station down there. Mm -hmm. A guy named a guy named Dan Nix was my uh, insurance agent. He got on the phone and called another guy about a hundred miles away, and the guy came and put ten thousand gallons of gas in the ground on consignment. Mm. I know, I know her, and I, I heard of it just from a distance, but I never really heard it. I, I never even saw it. Happen. Okay. And I saw how relationships are built. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah. So so what was this? Because I you know I had a whole different look at this. You know because as I said, I thought that you had started when you, once you came to Chicago. But you're talking about years before coming to Chicago. Am I right? That you hey, were Kevin. in business. Hey, Kevin. Uh huh. Me, you. I've been knowing you about twenty five years. Uh huh. But listen, I, I I didn't come to Chicago. Chicago came on me. I was born here. Okay, okay, okay. So how did the Kentucky figure in? Well, you know, it's that old thing, you know, going back to man and woman. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm talking about? My my wife was from Kentucky. Okay. Her mother got sick, and when I moved back down there, I used to work for Carl O'Brien, a Porsche Audi dealer. Okay. And if I knew I went down that way, I had to go into business for myself. Uh-huh. My grandfather was always one that was in business for himself. So, you know, it was always hard for me. I could never work for nobody. I, had, yeah, I got you. My, my spirit always allowed me to be able to, I wanted to be free. Okay. Uh, and when I say free, I mean I wanted to have freedom to make choices in my life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I, I, I would want to, I, I was able to uh, make some decisions. Some of them had a lot of bumpy roads to them. But the decisions that I, I made, I did the best of my ability to learn from him. Okay. And, and in learning from him, there was another great man who always stood in my life that I dreamed about, and I saw how his dream was. Mm-hmm. So he was the owner, he was he was the owner of uh, 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 Jet Magazine. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Mister Johnson, right. His mother took took five hundred dollars and, and got a loan of her furniture and helped. Son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my business has always been family orientated, you know, and my best friend today is my mother who always has been uh, a close advisor and a close uh, 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 person that I could go to to uh, look for some comfort sometimes. Because, you know, sometimes when, when the wind comes, you can't have from the boogeyman. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Listen, man, I want to I wanna get this straight because I'm learning things just as the audience is learning them. And I want to do some kind of chronological stuff. And, and what I'm hearing now is that you started a business some time ago. Uh, now, the, 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 the time that you were in Kentucky with the gas station, that was prior to you having the business that you have today. Am I correct? That was in '82. Uh, but listen, okay. I've always worked in the garage, man. I had a garage. My uncles and stuff worked on cars when I was a kid. So I, in 1970, in 1964, my uncle painted the car inside of our garage, mm-hmm. and I thought it was magic. It was, it, it was like, uh, uh, it was like Mozart, Mona Lisa, because he okay. took a formula and painted it. And I said, I want to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Then my neighbor used to show me them checks when he was working 60, 40 for the dealerships. He was bringing home fifteen hundred dollars a week, and mm-hmm. he had six kids and, and and a wife that stayed home. Okay, and so you've always thought about. I mean, ever since you were small, like you say, your father kind of instilled that in you. But ever since you were small, you thought about having your own business, and pretty much you've had a couple of business prior to the one that you have now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Listen, I something that I, I wrote. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but uh, it was on Facebook this morning. And what it said was that um, I was going to interview you and who, you know, Willie Brown the third. I'm going to read it to you. The Do You Know show on today, Wednesday, November the 5th, 2014, presents Willie Brown the third from 430 to 5 o'clock Pacific time. Join us as we hear his story 
and share in the joyful demonstration of how life's uh, obstacles and pitfalls prepared him to become the successful businessman he is today. And as when I started this conversation, I talked about how you just started on the business that you have now. And I've learned in the course of this conversation that you started business a long time ago and you've always been a businessman. So we've covered that aspect of it. But what I want to get into now is the pitfalls that you, you know, that came before you, the obstacles that came before you, that kind of, I know, I know that they prepared you to become the successful person that you are today. And I was wondering if you'd like to share a couple of those things because I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are interested in becoming businessmen, you know, and businesswomen. And I'm sure that they need to hear some of the things that might be in that in the in the, in the path of becoming that. So if you like, I'd, I would like for you to share a couple of those things that might have happened during the course of, of your business. Hey, hey Kevin, that, that's not a problem. One of the, the uh, one of the pitfalls that I fell into was that I, I uh, uh, when my guys worked for me, I paid my guys. I made sure I was the last one to get paid. But I was doing something for one of the major. I was I was in a growing process, and when you grow, people take advantage of your growth period. Uh huh. Because they, they understand that hey, they have the the hindsight, the insight on what you don't have the insight on is. And you so much, you'd be so glad to say, "Hey, I'm working." But you find out when payday comes in, you your, your people can't get paid, and you can't get no money nowhere, and that's a pitfall. Okay. But what happened was, build this. I, I always go back to building relationships. I had a relationship with a man. I won't call his name. Listen, I owed him about five or six thousand dollars because I was going through a uh, a divorce at the time, and life was just crumbling around me but my spirit always told me to stand still and uh 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 don't let your dream die uh-huh. because a man that doesn't have a dream will soon perish you know what i'm talking about so this is all i had i got on the phone and i called him i said listen i need x amount of dollars and then he said okay the morning he came and got it but i had to tell my people that uh uh my foreman to tell him i was in a meeting that was a hurt to me because what hurt me was that I couldn't pay my people that day, but I paid them the next day. Because my word has always been my bond. That was something that was instilled in me from my grandfather to my father. But the other pitfalls are when you go to the door you, as you grow and you get to the table and they don't want to cut you in at the table. What do you mean they don't want to cut you in at the table? Break that down for us. Bring yeah, it to the neighborhood. What well, you mean well, by well, that? What I say they don't want to cut you in is they have their own relationships with different contractors, you know what I'm saying? So what happens is uh, you got to keep kicking them on their ankle. Hey, I'm here. You see what I'm okay. saying? Okay, uh-huh, I got you. And, yeah, and then when they say, well, okay, when you're here, well, they give you, they give you, they give you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that's, that is part of the growth period and the pain part of being successful is you do a great job no matter how small it is, how, more, how, how much pay you get. Okay. Once you start to build that type of relationship from that point, and your people know that you're gonna get, they gonna get paid. Uh huh. You call and say, "I got a job." Going, okay, okay, Mister Brown, we come to work for you. Okay, okay, uh, okay. You know, that that's one the only hurdle that I ever had was uh, in growing in my business. And, and still, today I was dealing with some stuff, and uh, we, you know, we we. we we do. We pay Walmart and uh, hospitals and stuff like that. And one of the contractors told me, "Say, listen, 
we're growing now, right? Mm-hmm. With, we became from a construction company, uh, which we were a general contractor, but we were not in the major league. And when I say major league, is I'm talking, we weren't a union shop. Okay. You know, anybody that works for a union knows two things, that the union going to get into your pay. Mm-hmm. And you get paid the same time every week when you work a union job. <laughs> right, right. And so those are the benefits of being, a, uh, being in the union. But the downside to it is that when you, uh, the owner of a union shop is, you got to make sure everything is in place. That when when payday comes, they must get paid. So this is what the guy told me. He said, listen, uh, we'll pay you, and we'll make sure that the union gets paid, but we're going to give you a check in our name. You know what I told him? What's that? I said, let me explain something to you. If you want to help me cross the street, I don't need you to hold my hand. Mm. I, I can walk across the street myself. What you're going to do is is that A.C. Brown will pay his own bills, and you're going to pay me my money. Mm. I got you. <laughs> I got you. And so those are the pitfalls that you, you, you fall up under, but those are the, the, the blocks that are build your legs up to give you strength to keep fighting this battle. And then, then as you go forward, you know, the guy told me, say, you know what? I, the other president called me, uh, the, the, the vice president, but the president called me and said, I, I, I heard your name, and I want to in, 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 introduce you into another part of the association. Okay. But he, understood, but he understood from that point that when I told the vice president, you pay me my money. Right. I pay my own bill. Right, See, right. That's what you have to tell people. You can't, you can't fall weak to whatever somebody else wants you to be weak to. When you have your own vision, you have to stand up on it. You have to be strong about what you do. And also, your word has got to stand for what you're going to do. Okay, okay. What I'm hearing, man, is three things that I think are really, really important. And you were talking about sitting in like a boardroom with, with all the other contractors and, and everybody's bidding on a job or whatever the case might be. And you want to be your own person. You know, I have my own company. I'm not asking you to, to allow me to be a part of your company. <laughs> I have my own, and I am present here and representing that company. So I need for some attention to be given to me. And so you're saying, in essence, is that, you know, stand up for yourself. No matter how big the other people are, no matter how small you are, stand up for yourself. And that leads into having integrity. You know what I mean? In, 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 in saying, in essence, you know, regardless of where I am and, and, and who I am, you have to understand that I'm a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to be successful at it. And I'm going to stand on it from this point on, you know, and then taking care of your own people and also taking care of your customers, which is very, very important, man. And and what I've heard from you, in fact, is that if you take care of others, you know, then you're going to be taken care of. The jobs are going to be gotten, you know, and no matter how small you might be at the time, your success is what's most important. And that success is not necessarily making a lot of money, but standing true to yourself, to your people and to your company. Is that is that pretty much it or is there something else? That's it. You took the words out of my mouth. Okay. We're doing we're dealing with some stuff in, in, in the city now. Uh-huh. That, uh, I, I, all the thing we, we deal with is in, integrity. Okay, okay. Integrity, integrity will get you down the road. Okay, you can be you can be a millionaire today, and you can be out of business tomorrow. Right, right. Because see, it's not what you the money that you make. It's the relationship you make after you made the money. Oh my man, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, see, there, there are some.
people that you can get on the job and they can make they can make your job ugly. Mm-hmm. So you don't you get your stuff there at the skip. They say, well, we ain't got time to horse your stuff up. Okay. You got five guys down there making sixty five dollars an hour. Hey, they don't care because they get paid by the, the union. Go guarantee their money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you come on the job, you got a personality that people like and understand. Hey, this guy's okay. You know what I'm saying? Let me see if I can help them out. What okay. you need today, Mr. Brown? What can we do for you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow, man. Listen, uh, you know, it time has flown, man, and I, I wanna apologize to you for getting on the air so late. Um, but we gotta have you back to kinda go a little bit more into detail about business because we got uh you know, we got people listening to the radio, Willie, who are very, very uh uh interested in becoming their own person because something that you mentioned I think is so very important is that you don't like working for other people. You know, you want to have your own stuff. And a lot of people don't understand that that's the way of the world today. You know, it's not going to be a lot of jobs out here. And so we're going to have to develop our own stuff and develop some jobs. And you have a, a, like on the inside track of this and how this is done. So I got to get you back at some point, man, so we can go into a little more detail. And I just want to say, I, I so appreciate your being here, man, and allowing us an opportunity to hear about what it is that you do and instructing us on some pointers in terms of what we can do to get started so uh in 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 closing man i'd like to know if there's anything that you'd like to say in regard to the listeners in terms of what it is that you feel is most important in developing uh your own business carol let let, let me share this with you okay if you can get up and go to work with somebody else you can work for yourself all right all right I had so many friends that worked at the uh, steel mill, and when the steel mill left, they didn't know what to do. Exactly, exactly. So sometimes situations will make you a better person. You take a lemon, you can squeeze it, you make lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> you look at it. All right. Some people say the glass is half full, I, I, I see it's half empty, but I see it's half full. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So, hey, man, thank you so much, and, and, and we're going to be talking I'll real wait. soon. Real good talking to you, man. Real good yeah, talking it, to you. It, it, Look here, Chuck got to interview me when I went to the Million Man Mars. Okay. This was a better interview than that. Because I'm talking to somebody that's real. Thanks so much, man. Okay. Peace, love, my brother. All right. Love to you also. I'll talk with you, Willie. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. Uh, That was Willie Brown III, a friend of mine. As you heard, heard, we've been knowing each other for about 25 years now. And uh, it's been truly, truly a blessing to be able to talk with someone uh, as humble as he is and to uh, and to be as willing as he is to share what it is that he does with others so that they might follow that same path if they're interested in it. And right now I'm going to read the blog that I wrote, and it's called Right or Righteous? That's the question. Do you think you understand what you thought I said? But I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. I'm going to read that to you again. I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Now, I want to thank Lois Tootie Brown for exposing me to the foregoing statement and the very act of her doing so speaks volumes for the importance of hearing everything that's said and storing it on the shelf 
if you don't comprehend it at the time. Now, it was about 40 years ago that I read that statement on a relatively large formica cube that was ironically located on a kitchen shelf in Mrs. Brown's home. And because I didn't understand what that statement meant, I shelved it. I put it on the shelf. And I just took it down yesterday to plead my case for acknowledging the paramount importance of understanding one another. Now, in our conversations with one another, we spend such an unwarranted amount of time trying to be right that we don't always get the true gist of what the other person is trying to convey. We so urgently desire for what we're talking about to be understood that while the other person is speaking, we're thinking about what we're going to say next to validate and substantiate what we've already said. Subsequently, our primary objective becomes less about collaborative comprehension and more about an individualistic pursuit of conversational conquest. True understanding comes from feeling rather than thinking. Therefore, we gain insight into what is being said by becoming the person who's saying it. Where has this person been? Where is he or she going? And how can I relate my own life experiences to where this particular individual is right now? These are the sensibilities we need to focus on and thereby allowing the concepts of empathy, compassion, and genuine concern to be the objectives that become an integral part of our interactions. Then and only then can the question, you feel me, be answered in the affirmative. It's not necessary for us to disregard and forego all of our own thoughts and remarks to listen to another but the communicative process will be greatly enhanced if our unbiased, unconditional attention were given to the person doing the talking. Universal law is based on the premise that we get back what we put out, and thereby we can rest assured that the consideration I give to you shall be returned to me when the time comes to convey my own concepts and comments. That's where I am right now, y'all, working more on righteous understanding and less on being rightly understood. The hope that the things I say are being comprehended is still of major importance. However, I want to be able to walk away from every conversation feeling that what I heard the other person say is truly what they meant. You see, being right is not nearly as important as feeling decent and upstanding, because when you're demonstrating the attributes of true righteousness, everybody wins. You understand what I'm saying? If not, just put it on the shelf. I'll holler. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just want you guys to know that everything that I talk about is not something that I heard. You know, it's something that I experienced and, uh, and, and in most cases I'm still experiencing. And that's something because I know I've told you guys uh, uh, quite a few times that I love, 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 love running my mouth, you know. And so many times when I'm running my mouth, I'm closing my ears to what the other person might be saying. And that's why, I, you know, I love being on this radio show because, uh, you know, the only time that uh, that that uh, that I'm in a conversation is, is with you guys. And until you call and, 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 and make a comment, you know, I'm pretty much on my own in terms of what it is that I hear, you know, because I'm definitely hearing myself. But in the course of doing that with uh, another party, 
it's so important for me to understand that that other party is talking to me because they too have something to say that they feel is important. And a, a lot of times we feel that we are, are helping another, you know, by our conversation, when in reality, most of the time, a person just needs to be heard. They just need to be able to express themselves to somebody that's going to be uh, um, like objective in their relationship with that person and their conversation. Um, they're going to be unconditional in terms of judging that person, you know, and are going to be able to relate to what it is that's being said to them. And that's what all of us are looking for. We're, we're, we're all, we, all, we all look for attention. You know, we all look for attention, you know, but more than that, we look for understanding. And it's kind of difficult for us to be in a conversation with another uh, with another person and their major objective is being understood, you know. And so who's going to be the one to, to kind of give in and accept that, you know, their role as the listener, you know, and 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 being able to allow that other person to say what it is that they need to say in order to get whatever it is that's going on with them in the forefront and to be better able to deal with the problems that might arise from whatever it is that they're feeling at that time. You know, I mentioned that it was so important for us to understand uh, how when we are talking to someone else, uh, we don't want to kind of like bring that person to our level. We want to meet them where they are, you know, and that's what I, when I mentioned those, those things about uh, uh, empathy and compassion, you know, um, it's so important that we understand that that's what's happening with us in terms of conversing with another person because unless we go to someone and 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 express ourselves unless we initiate a conversation uh the fact of the matter is that the other person is the one who needs the empathy and the compassion it's not us you know it's not us that needs the understanding it's the other person and we would expect that if we were to go and approach a person and say listen can i talk to you for a minute you know, and then when we start talking, that person would give us what it is that that we need. By the same token, we need to be able to give that to another person as well. So when when one of us is approached, it's amazing how we we, we take that as an opportunity to to express how uh, uh, knowledgeable and intelligent we are in helping them to deal with their problems. When in reality, uh, we're we're looking at ourselves and we need to, to, to let whatever our thoughts are to go, to put, put them to the side, you know, and, 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 and try to relate to what it is that the person is saying. Because I truly believe that we are only an image of those who, uh, who face us, you know, and, and a lot of things that are being said to us, you know, we, we look and we say, wow, that guy, he's in, he's in a world of trouble. He ought to quit doing this or he ought to quit doing that. But in reality, why can't we just look at that and say, hmm, Wow, I feel that because I've been in that same spot. I've done that same thing, you know, and, 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 and once we acknowledge that, then we can listen to what that person is saying without trying to judge what it is that's being said, without trying to judge the person for what they're saying, but to be compassionate about what it is that's going on. Because in reality, once that person gets through talking, you know, and once we understand and, and, and are, are present with that person, wherever it is that they are, you know, we're going to be res- able to resolve some things about ourselves that we might not have even been aware of. But we were made aware of because we were approached by someone who had something going on that uh, that we were experiencing and not even knowledgeable of it. And that's why I think it's so important 
for us to understand the other person rather than trying to be understood. You know, and that 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 piece, you know, uh, I, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, you know, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. That happens a lot, you know, because we, we're going back and forth trying. No, that's that's not what I was saying. No, that's that's you're not understanding. Listen, let me tell you this again. And we go on and on back and forth, back and forth. When in reality, all we got to do is be quiet. You know, and allow the other person to express themselves and then everybody can gain from the experience. You know, and I've I've uh, I've experienced this, as I said, myself a number of times and I'm still experiencing it at, at times today. You know, I still talk to, to my wife, to my friends, you know, and try to, to 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 judge where it is that they are, you know, and trying to put them in the place I feel that they should be you know, and try to give them information and advice that I've received or, or feel that I, from my experience, you know, I have enough information to guide you in the direction that you should go. When in reality, it's all about them. It's all about them, you know, and allowing them an opportunity to express themselves because you'll find, and, and I don't know how many of you, you guys have been, but I've been to, to therapists before. You know, I've been to psychiatrists before, you know, and I've talked to them. And a lot of times I've walked away, you know, feeling that, you know, I gave them more than they gave me, <laughs> you know, because the thing is in, 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 in doing therapy is not really about you correcting someone else's problem. It's about you listening to their problem and in the, in the course of their speaking their problem and expressing their problem, they can resolve it themselves, you know. And so you, you walk away from a situation feeling fulfilled but not understanding that the reason for your fulfillment is because the fact that you've allowed another person to help you to understand where they are and in the process of doing so, you understand a little more about yourself. And I and I just remember so vividly that that I, I was talking to a therapist and we got to the subject of, 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 of fathers, you know, and uh, and when I walked away from the session, he he thanked me so much for listening to what he had to say about his 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 uh, upbringing and his father, the relationship his father had in his life at that time and the relationship his father had today. You know, and and uh, and, and, and at that point, I, I, I heard what it is that I'm talking about and I'm glad I put it in on the shelf, you know, so I can relate it to you guys now, because that's so very important for us to understand that we are, whether we realize it or not, we are therapists for others, you know, and it's not about telling others what to do. It's about allowing them an opportunity to tell us where they are and then to hear that themselves and be able to resolve some of the issues that they're faced with. And that's that's so, so very important. And it was um, um, St. Francis of Assisi that said that uh, it's better to understand than to be understood. And I really, you know, didn't get the gist of that when I first heard it. But now it's, it's so, so crystal clear. And the reason for 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 us to be uh, understanding rather than understood is so very important because consequently everybody wins. Everybody wins. You know, it's amazing to me when I'm talking to someone how if I if I uh, allow myself not to start thinking, you know, about what I'm going to say or thinking, uh, you know, in relation to that problem. And, and I, I think that's a natural state because we most of us anyway have been in school for a long period of time, you know, and 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 and, and, and from grammar school to 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 postgraduate courses, you know, we're always learning about uh, having knowledge 
you know, being able to resolve stuff, able to solve problems, no matter what what field we're in, chemistry, to uh, math, uh, 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 any any of the sciences, literature, whatever it is, is always about us learning and being able to share what we know with somebody else. And that becomes key to us, you know, and thereby in our conversations that that's what we're basically trying to do. Well, look, I know this. Let me share it with you. And then we share it and the person is, is, is really concentrating on what it is that that's bothering them. And we take them away from that because we want them to understand that we know a lot more evidently than they do or else they wouldn't be coming to us with that problem. You know, when the fact of the matter is we're coming to you with that problem because the universe allows two people to come together and both of them profit from that interaction. You know, and we're looking at giving somebody something that we know and rather than giving them the time that they're essentially asking for to be heard, you know. And so I understand that that it's, it's, it's so important for us to be able to express ourselves, you know, and so important for us to feel that we've given something to somebody else, but understanding uh, more and more about what it is that that person is asking for is, is where our focus should be. And as I said before, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that we can think or figure out where that person is or what that person is asking for if we're constantly trying to give them something that we think that they need, you know, and, 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 and getting away from thinking and start using our feelings, you know, our, our compassion, you know, empathy, sympathy, you know, all those things that, that allow another person to feel wanted and, and that, that, that to get the attention that, that's needed at that time and to go on with their lives as a result of it, that's what's of, of most importance. And we want that for ourselves, and we should be willing to give it to others as well. Uh, I'm just, you know, just just grateful to be able to 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 live this life. You know, life is a it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, the world is a beautiful thing. And, and we get countless opportunities to be able to share our our feelings and uh, uh, our sensibilities with others. And we have to take advantage of those opportunities because they're going to continue to come. And I think that uh, it's up to us to continue to to meet them head on. And that's not going to be by uh, uh, giving somebody our knowledge, you know, but giving them our time so they can figure that stuff out for themselves and in and, and, and the course of doing so can give us that feeling and that sense of having contributed to the welfare of another without even having to open our mouths. And as I say, as always in parting, I'll holler. 